Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one, two. <clears throat> Mic check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels, not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot the press. Hello. Hello. Another Hello. episode of Damsels in the DMs. Oh, I yeah. feel like we're going to need to um, like include a series of what's Lauren drinking today because I've been noticing that with all the guests that we have, I'm the only one that continues to drink numerous beverages during this, these episodes. I'm thirsty AF, apparently. Beach. <laughs> I have a water. I have a sparkling water that I stole from my roommate. Don't tell her. She has oh, a- it looks delicious. Because um, I already like like guzzled all my spindrifts. That's mine. And then I have my iced coffee from this morning. So Have I talked about my addiction to hint water on here? No, but I, I probably, it's probably the same level of me with Spindrift, I'm sure. Have you had Hint Waters? Mm-mm. Very picky about my sparkling water. They're not sparkling. They're oh, natural, okay. but like no sugar added, no nothing, you know, just standard water with natural flavors, whatever that means. And I started getting them at my mom's because it's kind of a mom thing, you know, to have like fancy water. She also has like fresh fruit, that type of a lady. Um, so I started having them and I really liked them. And then I started getting them at my dad's house. And I have not like looked for them or purchased them myself, but now it is a requirement on anywhere I go that they have the hint waters. I finished a 24 pack in two days the other day of these waters. And somehow they know, like our phones are 100% listening because like I said, I have not ordered it on Amazon. I have not purchased it on like Instacart or anything like that. And I get an email, an email offering me a $10 coupon to Hint Water. Well, you hate and you love to see it because that's, that's nice. You now you have a coupon. I know, I do have a coupon, you know, right? You purchase so much. Yeah. I've just kind of resigned to the fact that I have no privacy nowadays, so. And you're okay with it? No, I'm not saying I'm okay with it. I'm just <laughs> it is what it is. Um, there was something I wanted to talk to you about, so I've been watching Selling Sunset. Have you seen this show? No. What is it? Okay. It happens in LA and it's like all these realtors and but it's also kind of like the drama of like they're all like very beautiful girls and they're like selling these million dollar houses so it's drama between them. Well something really weird happened to me because the two guys that run it <laughs> they I don't know how tall they are as I like maybe I should fact check myself here they're very short though compared to the other girls 
and there are these two, tw I think they're twins, and they're bald, and at first, like, nothing wrong with any of that, but I'm just saying it's not, that's not usually my type that I go after, like, a short bald okay. guy, but as the episodes have gone on, I'm like, these guys are fuckable, they are, like, I just, like, I don't know what has come over me, like, I'm just, like, yeah, I, it's, a certain way they carry themselves I don't really know they're clearly both fuckboys and they're not even like hot fuckboys so but, the height really makes a difference to you um I mean I'd like a guy that's taller than me I don't because you did just say that you had to fact check their height no I'm saying I should I should right now let's see okay wait is this really gonna be on the internet like the height of these guys I'll bet you it will hold on they're both five six Okay. They're both 5'6". That is a little taller than me. I'm 5'3". I'm 5'6". Brian is 5'11". He's one of those, you know, like not quite six feet, 5'11". I'd be interested to know if other people are feeling that way. My friend Brittany watches it and she said she is endeared by them as well, so. Endeared. That was a little bit different than the word choicing that you used. Um, I am also endeared by like a pug. Or Snow White and the Seven Doors. Okay, wait, I have I have the receipts. So I said to her, I was in a group chat with her, I said, side note, I can't stop watching Selling Sunset and these two little bald dudes running around banging chicks. Wait, so they're hooking up with girls on the show? Uh, yeah, and they're taking them back to, like, these, like, million-dollar mansions. She said, the crying faces, they're so funny, but I kind of love them, and they're sexy in a way. Okay. I think that Jason is the one that's, like, displayed more often. I don't really know too much about Brett, so he's, like, the mysterious one. Oh, you gotta love the mysterious one, because you think you can fix them. <laughs> Which brings us into our guest today. It does. So we are very excited to have Sabrina Alexis on. She is a writer. She started uh, A New Mode with Eric Charles, and she has her very own YouTube page, and... Let's bring her on. Okay, and today we have Sabrina Alexis on the podcast. Thank you for Hi. joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're so excited to have you. So Sabrina is co-creator of A New Mode. She has written for various websites, such as Thought Catalog, an author of her own books as well, and most recently, a new YouTube channel, which we're all very excited about. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes. And she's a mom. I feel like that's important to say, too. Yes. So it's a lot to balance. <laughs> yeah. Especially right now, like, no school. My kid's at home. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And you're joining us, I think, mid-nap, so thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I have baby monitor here. She's down. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Well, awesome. We're so excited to have you. The way that I found Sabrina was actually, I you know, I've been in a lot of relationships where I've actually gone to Google and I've said, he hasn't texted me for X amount of time. What does this mean? And I stumbled across a new mode, which you co-created with Eric Charles. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an interesting story. We'd love for you to spend a little bit of time talking about that and how you guys <laughs> met and decided to create that. Sure. Okay. So this is a very long story, so I will condense it as much as possible. I dated Eric when I was in college. Um, it was a very 
unhealthy, toxic relationship. I was so desperately in love with him, um, would have done anything for him. The relationship ended um, pretty horrifically. <laughs> he, he, it was just terrible. Um, I mean, I've written about it a lot, so on a mode, but um, it's, I just couldn't get over it. Like it was two years went by. I just couldn't, I couldn't shake him. Like I, I really just couldn't move on. I felt like I still had so many questions. You know, he left me for someone else. Um, and I, I was just like, why, why, why? Like, I, I just couldn't ever like wrap my head around it. So at that point I had learned a lot about men and I got back in touch with him. And I remember like, I think he and I, you know, had this long conversation. I got all the closure. I think I was like trying to make him jealous, trying to make him realize that, oh, like I'm so desirable now. So I was talking about all these guys and all these guys that wanted me. And, and instead of like wanting to get back together with me, he was like, you know, you should write about this. Like a lot of women would, <laughs> would like to know about this. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'm like, that really wasn't my intention here. You know, I was kind of hoping that he would see like how wonderful I am. So at the time I was working as a fashion and beauty editor and he was like, well, you can't just write a book. Like people need to know who you are first. So why don't we just start a website together and we'll make a website and then like write a book about, about, you know, how to be good with men. So that's really where, where it started. And I was still in love with him for a few years after we started a new mode, but then it just became very clear to me that we are not meant to be together romantically. We are great business partners. I love what we've created. And that is the very abridged version of our creation story. Well, I just think it's really cool that it was you, it started out as one thing and you thinking that you guys would have this like romantic relationship, but mm -hmm. that's such a good lesson that later on in life, you know, you can, you don't have to like completely cut ties with this person. You guys were able to like make another kind of relationship work. And I, I love like the stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just when I met Eric, I just had this feeling of like, this person is meant to be in my life. And I think at the time I interpreted it as meaning that he was my soulmate, but really I think he was meant to be in my life. I mean, we're linked for life, you know, through what we've created. We've been doing this for 10 years, which is a, you know, significant portion of time. Um, and, and what we've done is amazing. I mean, I never thought that like, this would be my job that I like just have a job writing about relationships with how many letters you get, you can tell there's definitely a need for it right now. I know. I know. I mean, it's, it's really like Eric was the one that started writing about relationships because I was like, what do I know? I was so young when we started the site and um, he started this ask a guy column. And in the beginning, like I used to force all of my friends to like, anytime we'd be out and one of my friends would be like, okay, so I don't understand why this guy's in texting me. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, type it out and send it to Eric, like for our website. So that's how it started. And then it just kind of like, we we're getting letters from women all over the world. I mean, it, it was just, it was crazy. It blew up really quickly. So that's when we realized that the focus, you know, we stopped focusing on fashion and beauty and we really focused on dating and relationships. Okay. And with some of the letters that you're getting on the website, I mean, my personal favorite, I, I think this is one that other people can respond to, but it was like, um, he only said happy birthday to me and didn't add any exclamation or um, any other, like, I love you or you're so great, blah, 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 what do I do? And I, I'm curious because I noticed how... Uh, sensitive you are in responding to all of these people whereas I might be like he said happy birthday like what more do you need obviously like it's okay it's just a birthday but you have such a grace in responding and I'm just curious how you're able to um like remain sensitive in all of the different situations well, thank you for saying that because a lot of the time I feel like I'm being too mean and a little too <laughs> direct. Um, I, I, I mean, even though I am in a different phase of life, I'm, I'm married and I have 
kids and I'm out of that part of my life, I, I still remember it so vividly. I'm kind of like forced to relive it all the time because of what yeah. I do. So that's why I have the sensitivity. Like sometimes I'll get questions. I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. But then I remember my own behavior and I'm like, okay, like look at some of the things that I've done. And I understand how we don't think clearly when our emotions are so highly activated like that, like they are in relationships, especially in relationships where you don't know where you stand with the other person. It makes us crazy. Like the human mind does not like to wonder. We don't like to know, not know where we stand with someone. It just sends us into a spiral. So that's why like every little thing he does, like, oh, he liked my Instagram picture and that, but then he didn't text me for five hours. What does it mean? You know, like those kinds of questions. It, yeah, it's irrational. Even the person who's asking it kind of knows that it is, but it, it feels so significant because you're just trying to piece together this puzzle and figure out where you stand with him. So I kind of like try to keep that in mind. At the same time, like, it's funny, I was recording a video earlier today for YouTube and it was like kind of a harsh video. The topic is like desperate signals that, you know, mm -hmm. signs that you're being too desperate. And I was like, look, when I was single and dating, I never talked to my girlfriends for dating advice because well, they would say, you're so great. You didn't do anything wrong. He's, he's not worthy of you. Forget him. Like you're fine. You know? But then when I would go to my guy friends, they'd be like, oh, you look like a, like a crazy lunatic. Why did you text him that? You know, like they would like give it to me straight and they would be like, okay, this is what you did wrong. And I'm like, this is helpful to me. This is the helpful advice. I need to know. I need someone to give it to me straight. And so that's another component of how a new mode was born. Like I always went to guys for advice. Like if I wanted emotional support, I would go to my girlfriends. If I wanted some practical tips on how to have a relationship, how to get a guy, I would always go to my guy friends. So I try to have that same approach, but kind of with a softer touch than from a guy. Um, I love what you say about the Instagram stories because the yeah. amount of friends that I have say to me like, well, he's watching all my stories. So I oh. can tell that he's so interested still. Everyone listens <laughs> to that. It's like, maybe he's bored. That really means nothing. Like that is so insignificant. What sense does it make that like, oh yeah, he really likes you, but he's ignoring your text, but he's always watching <laughs> your stories. Like that's his way of showing how much he likes you. It just is so nonsensical. No, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. And I've had like guys that like I'm not even friends with them on Instagram. Like we've went on one or two dates and they've watched my story and I'm like, I like so my friend, does that mean anything? And she's like, No, probably not. Like, yeah, it does not. It does not mean anything. I don't even know that they know that we think that, do they? They like, don't. They yeah. have no idea. They have no idea. It's like I look through five and I could tell I couldn't probably tell you what one of the, the story is of the five that I've looked at. You just right. look at what's at the top. Like, right. Yeah. It's such a mindless thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, it means nothing. But here's the thing, like when you like someone and you want him to like you, you will hold on to any sign. Mm -hmm. So when you see his name on the list of people who watch your stories, you're like, oh my gosh, like he's, he's watching my stories. That has to mean something. <laughs> so you'll just hold on, you'll just take whatever you can get, whatever scraps you can get, you'll grab onto it. Right. And I'm really curious, you mentioned that you're married with kids now, and yes. you also mentioned that he was your ex, and yes. I would love to hear about how that all played out. Okay, so we met when we were 17, and I would say he was like my first significant relationship. I mean, I was, I was crazy about him. I was head over heels. I was a senior in high school. He was a freshman in college. And being a freshman in college, he did not want a serious relationship, and I desperately wanted one. So that was basically what caused the end of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was just, oh devastated, just completely gutted after that relationship. And 
then over the course of like 10 years, we kind of weaved in and out of each other's lives. And every time I would see him, like in the craziest of circumstances, like I would just run into him places. Like it would be like once every like two or three years. And every time I would get my hopes up and I would be like, okay, this means that we're meant to be. And I had just this feeling, the same feeling like I had with Eric, like this person is meant to be in my life. I had that feeling with him. And again, it's just like nothing was happening. So every time I would see him, I would get all excited. I would send him a message on Facebook just to like put some feelers out there, but like nothing would come of it. Like he wasn't asking me out. Then, and then, you know, this is over the span of a decade. So I changed a lot over this time. And before we started dating, like the second time around, I just remember being in like the best place emotionally in my entire life. I mean, I had an amazing group of friends. I was working out. So I looked really good. I felt really good. My career was going super well. And I just felt like at that point, I remember I used to tell us people, I felt like I've come as far as I can possibly go as a single person. Like I've done all of the growth and development that I can do. Any more growth is going to come in a relationship. And that's how it works because love brings up all that is unloved within us. Um, but I just, I felt great. I felt on top of my game. And then I ran into him in Central Park and I messaged him on Facebook after that. I like opened the door wide for him to ask me out and he did it. And then at the end, that was in July. And then at the end of August, I went to Italy for two weeks with my friend. And while I was there, I noticed that he was liking my pictures on Facebook, which he had never done before, like ever in the history of us. And I told her, I was like, he likes me. I'm like, when I get back to town, not the day, two days later, he's going to ask me out. And she was like, you're delusional. I'm like, I'm not being delusional this time. This time I'm right. I know it. And I got back to town on Wednesday and on Friday, he messaged me and he asked me out. And our first date was like seven hours long. And like, I mean, within two or three dates, he like knew he wanted to marry me. Like he was telling people like, that's the girl I'm going to marry. Because for guys, when they're ready, when they are in the right place, and they recognize the right girl, it happens so fast. Like for girls, for me, it happened much slower than it happened with him. And that's how it goes with guys. It was really just a matter of, I need to be in the right place emotionally. Cause he doesn't know what changed. I'm like, why for 10 years did you have no desire to ask me out again? Then all of a sudden you did. He's like, I don't know. It was just like a feeling. It was just a feeling I got, but I know what it was. It was like, it was nothing like really changed about me physically. It, it was all an emotional internal change. I was no longer that like needy, desperate, like messy. I was always very messy in my love life before that. I just didn't have a handle on anything, like on my emotions. And I was just so desperate and um, I was just a mess. And then I finally like wasn't a mess anymore. And it, it just came together pretty easily and effortlessly. Totally relate to the messiness. <laughs> Chloe and I, like our log line for our podcast is a master in psychology meets a recovered serial dater. <laughs> I'm very much the recovered serial dater and yeah. I was very messy. And it's yeah. funny because when I watch your videos now, I feel like, oh, this is like, of course, like if he doesn't like you, like it doesn't mean anything when he's watching your stories, blah, blah, right. blah. Like it all seems so natural now, but it's because like you said, I've been loved now. I'm secure with myself. And right. when I was being messy, I just didn't have any of that previous knowledge. Yeah, exactly. I'd also love to see, you said you were kind of like dropping hints like over the years and I'd love to see those and just see how he responded because like I also feel like guys really needed to be spelled out. Like you were probably like, I'm being so obvious and he's like, oh, there's Sabrina again. Like it's just- yeah. I was being so obvious. I mean, like, I remember we were talking about something. He asked me a question. I was like, oh, but like that story is really so much better told in person. And he was like, oh, okay. Like he wasn't like, oh, let's meet up. <laughs> It's okay. I guess I'll never hear it then. <laughs> this is another thing, though, about guys and getting back together with an ex-boyfriend. 
that's a big difference between men and women is most of the time with guys, if, if, if you've already dated, he'll just look at you like, okay, this is a girl who I dated. It didn't work out. So that's that. Like women get much more fixated on the potential, on the potential of what could be, whereas men are much more rooted in the reality of what was. So a woman is like, okay, well, it didn't work out because of this and this, but if, if we fix this, if we change this, if we do this, then it'll work out this time. Guys don't think that way. So for, for all those years, like he just saw me as a girl he dated in the past, it didn't work out. And I wasn't even on his radar as someone to date. I think it wasn't until like I was different. I was just so much different that it didn't really feel like revisiting the same person in the same relationship again. So as you guys know, the format of this is usually we read a letter and we have, we both talk about it and then we have our guests talk about it. Today, it's going to be a little bit more of a personal story. So I was talking to someone during quarantine. We um, started talking at the end of April. You know, we were doing the texting, the FaceTiming, things like that. Um, and then about mid-May, we did decide to meet up in person. I'm not advising anyone do that if they don't feel comfortable. It was just something that I felt comfortable with. Um, so I want to say over the course of, of about only two weeks, we um, were seeing each other a lot. Things were moving pretty fast. Um, I was hearing things from him that, you know, were along the lines of, I've never met anyone like you before. I think on our second date, um, he was already kind of saying, you know, he was he was telling other girls because we had met on a dating app. Um, it was Hinge, by the way. <laughs> anyone <who> cares. <laughs> um, but he was kind of already going down the line of, you know, I told this other girl I don't want to talk to her. I'm just, I'm very excited to get your texts. And like, you're kind of the only person I'm focused on talking to. And I, to my credit, I do want to say on the second date, I said, you know, I'm starting to feel that way too, but I, I do need to remind myself that this is only the second date and I'm still, you know, I'm still figuring you out and I'm still learning you and things like that. So as much as I tried, I did try to slow it down a little bit because it all felt a little bit fast to me. And I think in the past when it moves that fast, it's, I kind of have this anxiety that it's like a little too good to be true. Mm -hmm. And Sabrina, something you mentioned, which was such a good time to have you on because I was researching your videos and going through this, you said something along the lines of like, no one can know you that quick. So mm -hmm. as great as I think I am, and it's, that's very reassuring to hear he thinks I'm great too. He doesn't, he didn't know me yet, you know? Um, so yeah, so all that happened. We were kind of on the path of, you know, being, you know, exclusive, not talking to anyone. And then something happened. I'm not going to go into too much detail on what that was, but basically what happened, it showed me that like the words kind of weren't matching up with the actions. Um, so I felt like I was in a place with him where, you know, we could maybe talk this out. I could talk out my anxieties around it, like why this situation made me uncomfortable. And that was met very defensively, in my opinion. I'm trying to be as unbiased mm -hmm. as I can here because we right. know you're the hero in all of your stories. But um, yeah, it was met very defensively. He said he needed a few days to think about it. So I gave him that space and I could just kind of tell it was going down the path of ghosting. And to that Instagram story vein, you know, I wasn't getting texts for like three days, but I was still getting my Instagram stories watched. And Frankly, that was a little triggering, you know, like, you know, right. you, you kind of owe me a text, you owe me a, a little bit of an explanation of what happened here. And I wasn't getting that. So basically, I just kind of sent a final closing text to say, you know, I, I think this decision is pretty clear, like, you know, I haven't heard from you, and I'm just gonna have to call it here and take care. 
That's all I said. And yeah, I think that's kind of a small scale thing of what happens to a lot of people. You know, they get caught up very early, like in the weeks, the months that they're starting to date someone. And I think a problem that I have is I see the potential in something instead Mm -hmm. of being grounded in the reality of what it was. And the reality was we didn't know each other. It was moving a little too fast. And yeah, and I think that's kind of why it ended up not working out. Um, so yeah, and I'd kind of just love to maybe talk through that a little bit. Something I'd really like to touch on that I think would be helpful for me and helpful for other people is when you're in those early stages, how not to get caught up too quick. And, you know, even though you're excited how to kind of ground yourself in the reality of you're just getting to know this person and this isn't your boyfriend yet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, wow. Okay. Lots to unpack here. For, for one, um, just in terms of like the things guys say in the beginning of a relationship, that is the biggest area that trips women up. And that tripped me up so many times. It wasn't until this one relationship in particular, the one that was like really a catalyst for a new mode, this guy, I'll call him James. Um, he had laid it on very thick in the beginning. Like, I've never liked a girl so much after only two dates and I like you so much. And, but he wasn't acting like a guy that liked me so much, but women, we take words very seriously. Guys can be very in the moment and in the moment. And I remember with the, with this James guy, um, one thing he had said to me, like he was going on a trip to Aruba with his family. And, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm so jealous. And he was like, Oh, well maybe next year you'll come. This is like a yearly vacation. I was like, he's really serious about me. He's talking about me going on vacation a year from now, like with his family. He's like really seeing me in his life. Never mind the fact that I didn't hear from him once the entire 10 days he was gone. So he cannot like you if he doesn't know you yet. Maybe he likes the potential. He's attracted to you, obviously, like, you you know, this wouldn't have gotten off the ground. He's attracted to you. He has fun with you. That is all the intel he really has right now. And maybe he feels really good around you, but he doesn't know you yet. So if a guy is saying those things, you can say, okay, this is nice that he's excited about me, but he doesn't know me yet. How does he act when you're deeper in the relationship and he gets to know you, the real you, different sides of you, then how does he behave? That is the actual indicator of his level of interest not how he behaves in the beginning when we're just like flooded with like dopamine and our you know we're just like high off of love because love is a drug like you your brain literally produces chemicals that make you feel high when you're in the infatuation stage of a relationship Mm. that's part one part two in terms of what was it slowing it down i think that it really is a matter of do not invest in him until he has invested in you and that is going to take a lot of checking yourself. It's going to take a lot of being really honest with yourself. Like, are you just ignoring your dating apps now because this guy is in the picture? Are you dropping things in your life to go and be with him? Are you prioritizing him above other things? Like, if this is a guy you just started seeing, he should not be number one on the priority list. He should be like maybe number four. He needs to work his way up to being at that top slot. So you need to just 
watch how much you're putting into this relationship because women are givers. That's just the, how we're wired. So we put in so much more and this is why we get our heart broken because the guy's not putting in anything. And this is why parents tend to love their children so much more than children love their parents. You would think that it would be the opposite because the children are like receiving everything. Like my kids have it great. They get everything. Every need is met, but we love, you know, parents love their children so much more because you're constantly giving to them. And this is where women go wrong. And I call it excessive compassion disorder. We just pour so much into this guy, but you need to stop yourself and say, what is he giving to me? What is he doing for me? What am I really getting out of this? Aside from the validation that like, maybe this guy likes me and like wants to be my boyfriend potentially. Cause he'd like drop some hints that maybe he wants to be your boyfriend. You just don't know though. So it takes a lot of restraint. I'm not saying that like, this is an easy thing to do. It's also really important to shift your mindset to one where you're not trying to prove yourself to him. You're not just measuring like, you know, whether you're getting closer to your goal of being in a relationship or not. You're just saying, do I actually like him? Like, is he actually a good person? Because I'm looking back on a lot of the guys I was chasing after, they were such crappy people. Like, yes, not me too. good people. <laughs> some red flags that I've talked right? to Lauren about. So that I was like, oh, we're just going to ignore that one real quick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And one of my really good friends really gave me a big wake-up call because I was chasing after this damage case. I don't know if you've read any of my content on Kevin, the damage case. It's actually my favorite article I've ever written for Thought Catalog was the one about him. Um, oh, I'm definitely reading this guy that. was so selfish, like, to the point where, like, he would, you know, he slept over one night and my bed was like pressed against a wall and he was like, and I always slept on the outside and he was like, can you just sleep inside next to the wall? Like I'm, a, I'm your guest. So like, let me have the outside. And I'm like, that is just so selfish. <laughs> like, you know? like, this is my bed. No, I know. <laughs> I know. And also like, you should be thankful that I'm letting you into my bed instead of like making, like shoving me into the corner. Like no way. So he would do things like that and my really good friend who at the time was married with two kids she was like Sabrina what are you doing like you need need to focus like what is it that you want here you want to just screw around fine hang out with guys like that if you want to get married have kids and I did I always you know wanted to be a mom and that was something I really wanted um she's like you need to get serious like that this guy is not like you can't marry a guy who's like selfish like that he'd be with a guy who's gonna be up in the middle of the night changing the diapers beating the baby and supporting you and and just being there for you and that was a big wake-up call that completely shifted like who I went after because the guys who are like exciting and and cool and fun and and like the the cool guy who's just always just so out of your reach that is not marriage material that's fun when you're like just screwing around but that's not someone who's just going to be in it with you. So in looking back, I realized that like a lot of those guys I was chasing after just were been terrible husbands and fathers, but I wasn't looking at things in those terms. I was just looking at, okay, this is the hard to get guy. And if he likes me back, then that means something. That means that I'm special. That means that I'm worthy. And that's what we get attached to. Well, first of all, two things you touched on are so toxic that I think like we're taught as women is romanticizing getting back with the ex like how many mm. movies have you seen that like mm -hmm. they come back in and there's this spark and yeah so I think that's toxic and then what you were saying like it's it's very much this mindset like oh if he likes me then he'll change for me and oh I, yeah some of like one of the best advice I actually got was yeah like from a guy he was like you can probably get this guy to marry you this was like a previous fuckboy that I was talking to he was like, you could probably get this guy to marry you, but he's going to be 50 years old, still looking at other women, still making you feel insecure, still mm -hmm. probably trying to cheat on you. And like, is that what you want? Like, yeah. and I was like, 
it just was like, boom, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's not going to change for me. He's not going to change for anyone. And that's where like movies have completely led us astray because there is that is such a common trope, the bad boy trope, the bad boy, but he really has a heart of gold underneath, underneath, and he just needs the right woman, that right, pure, amazing woman who's going to extract that goodness out of him. And we want to be that woman. What's more validating than that? To be the woman that gets a guy to change and gets a guy to finally commit. But that is a lie. That's never how it goes with those guys. It's usually, usually this is how it goes. A woman pours her whole heart and soul into trying to love him back to life. And either he just leaves her or he does heal. And then he dumps her and finds someone else and marries the new girl. Because he has come to associate the original girl with all of his pain and all of his problems and all of his commitment issues. And she helped him and she was there for him and she listened to him talk about it and he cried to her about it. And he's like, I don't want to be with a woman who saw that side of me. I hate that side of me. I'm all healed and fixed now. So I need someone shiny and new. My boyfriend was very much um, a frat guy when we met in college. And... um, it took us like a year to officially start dating and it was because like when he graduated he was a couple years older than I was when we were in college um and I think all throughout my life up until high school and my parents had a bad divorce that sparked a lot of my serial dating um I think that I was always just trying to find a boyfriend because I felt like I didn't have the package Like I wasn't totally complete unless I had a boyfriend and part of it, you know, the chase is so exciting and Mm -hmm. being able to get them to commit to you is so much fun. Um, But like in the year that it took us to date, because when he first graduated, he felt like he didn't want a girlfriend right away. He, um, you know, was still in that college mindset. And it wasn't until December, like after he graduated in May that we started dating and, you know, we've been together for five years since then. And I just resonate so much with what you're saying because in the five years that we've been dating, I've been able to do so much work on myself mm-hmm. and um, like through that commitment and knowing that I was loved, being able to really love myself and therefore really dedicate myself to my career and the projects that I'm working on because I wasn't spending so much time wasting on, does this boy like me? How can I make this yeah. boy like me? Because yeah. I like when I look back on those years that I spent being single, I just think about all of the time and energy I wasted on guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know. I think about that too. And I get sad about that, but like, I feel like I used it. I mean, I, I used it to create a career, so it's never totally wasted, but there does come a point in time where you need to look at your pattern. And my pattern was clear. I was always going after the damage pieces. And you need to say, I cannot, like my life cannot be Groundhog's Day where I'm just reliving the same relationship over and over again because that's what was happening. And it was just, it was enough already. It was like getting ridiculous. Like fine, it was like cute when I was like younger in my early twenties. But as I got older, I was like, I have to grow up and I need to work on myself. And the real question that we should be dwelling on is not, does he like me? It's, do I like me? Mm-hmm. Do I like me? Focus on that instead. But nobody focuses on that. We just focus on, you know, we don't, it's so much easier to outsource the task of feeling good about ourselves to a guy. Like if he likes me, if he texts me back, that means I'm worthy rather than looking at why do I feel unworthy of love? Why do I not feel like I'm ever going to have the relationship that I want? Why do I feel undeserving of it? Why do I feel like guys are always going to leave me or always going to cheat on me? That that's hard. No one wants to ask those questions because we're scared of them. We're scared that we're just going to fall into a black hole and we're never going to be able to climb our way out because self-development's hard and it's painful. 
but it's so much more so instead we ignore that and we get lost in the drama of like chasing after the unavailable guys and trying to get them to commit because we think that that's what's going to heal us but it doesn't it just creates so much more hurt and so much more damage that eventually you're gonna have to deal with like pain doesn't go away just because it goes unacknowledged it's going to come out one way or another I would like to talk red flags. <laughs> red flags. <laughs> yes. I think what was good about this case is that as painful as it was to see him get like so defensive about that, it's like at least that happened early on. So I knew that like the compatibility I thought was there clearly is not because we were just handling the situation so differently. And right. that is like such a blessing in disguise. But I think where sometimes I go wrong, and I think other people can resonate with this, um, there's this comedian that I like that she says, anyone can be a fuckboy. So like, keep your eyes peeled because you think that they're good, like, you right. know, like, like I did, like, if you think that they're good, like, they can turn on you. So what are some of these red flags? I can maybe, I don't know how much I want to go into this with this guy, but like, for example, you know, all of his exes were crazy, and I was. Oh my gosh, that's funny! <laughs> Bring that up. Yeah, I, just I was. Filmed a, I have a video come going up on my YouTube channel next week on um on uh, red flags to watch out for, and that's one of them. That all of his exes are crazy. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, all of his exes were crazy. I thought back on a story he told me, and he was so good at like spinning it, like it was like it was like he was the victim in the story, and then I thought about oh, it, yeah. and I was like that poor girl, what he did to her, how did I not see? So yeah, what are, besides the crazy exes, or we can go into that a little bit. <laughs> um, that one is definitely a big one. All his exes are crazy. And that ties into another red flag, which is that he just can't take responsibility. Like everything that has ever gone wrong in his life, anything that goes on wrong in the relationship is your fault. You're too needy. You are too demanding. You're too sensitive. You're too dramatic. You're too this. Or, you know, I, he can't get a job because, because of this, the economy's fault. It's this fault. It's like, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never his fault. That's a big red flag. Another big red flag is, and I don't know if this really applies to your situation, but big red flag is he just says, I don't want to be in a relationship right now. Like a lot of women just don't take that as a red flag. They just see that as an opportunity to try to change his mind. Another red flag is he's never had a long-term relationship before. Another red flag is it's a damage case. <laughs> I talk about damage case. It's just that he has a lot of emotional issues. I mean, like I have one friend who was dating this guy and he would just like, he was just really depressed and he would, you know, every day he'd come home from work and he would just have to get drunk and he would have to get high. Okay. Like, you know, people have mental health issues and that's really difficult to deal with, but that's the thing you have to deal with it. Like, I'm not saying, okay, don't date a guy because he has some mental health issues, but it, is he dealing with it or is he coming home after work and numbing himself out with alcohol and weed? Because that's not going to get him through his issues and like leaning on you as an emotional crutch. That is a huge red flag. Like, does he deal with his issues? Is he aware of them? Another big red flag is if all his friends are idiots. Like, you are the company you keep. So if he is like, oh, he seems like such a great guy, but all of his friends are like douchey frat boys, like, then he's a douchey frat boy. Oh, also, like, he's inconsistent. This is something I talk about a lot on A New Mode, because the biggest question is, how does he feel about me? Does he like me? And how consistent is he in his pursuit? If he is obsessed with you one week and ignores you the next week, then he is not obsessed with you. Then he doesn't like you. Because when a guy likes you, he is consistent and texts you and wants to see you. He's a consistent presence in your life. If a guy is like all in and then all out and you just, you feel like you have no idea where you stand with him, that's a big red flag. Another big red flag is 
how do you feel in this relationship? Because relationships take work and they are, they are, you know, there are challenges, but the figuring out, does he like me? Do I like him? Do we want to be in a relationship? Is not the hard part. Like when it's the right person, that's the easy part. When you're on the same page, that's the easy part. If you feel like you're walking on eggshells, if you feel like you can't express your needs in this relationship, if you feel like you're scared to say anything because you don't want to scare him away, you don't want to rock the boat, you can't express your feelings to him, that's a big red flag. It's a red flag that he isn't on the same page as you and you kind of know it. You just don't want to admit it. Um, another red flag is that it moves too fast. So that is like what happened in your, in your situation. It's very different when a guy is just like going at lightning speed right from the beginning. Cause even if that means he's running from something, maybe he has problems and he just wants to escape into the comfort of a relationship. Maybe he just got out of a relationship and he just misses having a girlfriend. Maybe he's really insecure and he wants an ego boost and being in a relationship is a great way to stroke your ego. Either way, it's not usually coming from a healthy place. So if a guy is laying it on really thick, then it's your job to kind of pump the brakes and like pull back a little bit because it's just not, it's not a healthy start. The healthiest relationships are ones that build slowly, not that just start off at lightning speed. So I think those are some major red flags to watch out for. Something that I read of yours that was so good was, you know, when you start talking to someone and you have these butterflies and you're so anxious in the beginning, you can't wait for them to text you. That is actually not a good sign. It's a very bad sign. And we confuse this with love because the movies tell us that love is supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be dramatic, but that's not love. That's anxiety. That is an anxious attachment style being activated. If we want to speak in psychological terms, that's what's happening. The healthiest attitude, it's not always the easiest, but the healthiest attitude is to, to just first, okay, before the healthy attitude, we'll say, you need to break it down into its parts. Like ask yourself, okay, I feel really anxious right now. Why do I feel anxious? I'm anxious because I want him to text me. Why do I want him to text me? I want him to text me because I like him and I, I want a relationship with him. Okay, but what if he doesn't text you? Well, then it will just mean that I'm unlovable and I'm unworthy and I'm gonna be alone forever. Like when you get to the core of it, it's just irrational thinking, yeah. but that's what's perpetuating those fears. Cause really we just feel like we're not good enough. So you need him to text you back. Cause then that assuages those fears that assuages those feelings of I'm not okay. And then he texts you and it's, I'm okay. I'm okay. Everything's okay. He likes me. Like I'm okay. Everything's fine. And then something else happens. And then that panic strikes up again. Mm -hmm. So what's so important is to remind yourself I was okay before him. And if it works out with this guy, great. He's a great guy. That'll be great. If it doesn't, I'll be fine. I will be fine. And that's it. And that's what I did with my husband, actually. I just allowed myself to consider the possible outcomes. Like in the beginning of our relationship, before we were official, because again, don't invest until he invests in you. So I was not cutting myself off from other possibilities, even though I was so excited to have him back in my life. At the time that we started dating again, I was talking to like my mom found dug up some guy from somewhere because she was like so desperate for me to get married. So, I, like, and it was actually like she did good. She actually like, for the first time in her life she tried setting me up so many times. But like the first time, like this guy was great. He was like cute, and the timing was off. So like we didn't end up meeting up. But like we were still talking on the phone. We were still trying to like uh, you know find time to meet up. And then there was this other guy I met on a dating app, and he seemed really great. And he lived uh, in Atlanta, so we had like a distance issue. And I didn't close the door on either of them until until the door was closed, until we decided like we're official. It's just so important not to invest yourself fully until he has given you something back. So with my, my husband, 
I just was like, okay, I really want to work out with him. But if it doesn't work out, maybe I'll date this guy that my mom set me up with. Okay, that would be great. Or what about this guy who lives in Atlanta? Maybe I'll move to Atlanta. Like that would be a fun adventure. Or maybe I'll just stay single for a while longer. And that's fine. I'm really happy being single because I was, I was in such a good place at that point. So I allowed myself to consider all the possible outcomes and be okay. Obviously I had a preference for which outcome I wanted, but I force myself to visualize, like really not just think about it, sit and visualize the possible outcomes and being okay, no matter what. And then that took all the stress and the anxiety away. Yeah. I love when you say you will be fine. Like, yeah. Just think about it because you will be okay without them. And I think that's so important to realize that they are not the end all be all. Right. And it feels that way. Like it's so like when you're out of it and you look back, you're just like, oh, that was so silly to like think think that way. But when you're in it, it really feels like I won't ever be okay again unless he comes back. Like you just can't imagine, you know, another possible outcome, but Mm -hmm. uh, you will be. We've all been through these things. I mean, I hear about it every day in my inbox and everyone feels like they're the first, you know, it's so funny because like I- Or their situation is unique. It's not the same as everyone else's. It's like, girl, yes I've literally been answering the same five questions for 10 years. (laughs) It's like maybe some of the details are a little bit different, but like they're not that different. Everyone thinks, no, 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 but my situation is different because he said, blah, 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 you know, so everything's so different. So that's why I'm still in business. Otherwise, like, I don't, I shouldn't be in business. Like I said my piece and that's it. Like it should just like live up there for life. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend by far was the longest time, you know, mm-hmm. I spent just talking and getting to know him and we were friends before we actually started dating and oh, that's the best yeah yeah and I I never really thought about it I guess that yeah like by far and this is my only sex- successful relationship you know but right. yeah it also took the longest to get it off the ground right. and I think that's important I didn't miss the beginning I miss the beginning I mean I'm sure you do too in your relationship like the beginning's so fun and it really it's such a shame that so many of us just take the fun out of it by worrying to death like you can't beginning is such an exciting time and you'll never get that back you'll never get back that that build up of you know of the feelings of like there's so much potential here and is it going to be actualized and where's this going to go instead we we worry about it instead of feeling excited about it, it it's such a fun and time a lot of people just rob themselves of that like because i wish i could go back going to ebb and flow and you right. become a partner and you're a team and right. you know you're talking about all the hard stuff and yeah you miss the excitement like that yeah. happens in the beginning exactly totally. exactly it's 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 a fun time so people need to just remember okay if it works out great if it doesn't work out i'll be fine that's it say it to yourself as many times as you need to I always say that to my single friends. I'm like, enjoy this time. Like, it's so yeah. much fun. And they're always like, no, it's not. You don't yeah, know. You don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, really. <laughs> yeah. So Sabrina, is there anything you want people to check out on social media or maybe your new YouTube channel? Sure. Okay. Let's go through the list. So follow me on Instagram at a new mode, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just a new mode. Um, also check out the website, a new And we have a newsletter. I think we talked about the newsletter earlier, but you can find that at a new slash subscribe. I love the newsletter. I think that's like been one of my favorite things to work on because so you get um, emails from me, you get them from Eric and it's just an alternating perspective on male, female relationship dynamics. We share tons of personal stories. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And I think we covered our bases. You can find me on Facebook. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank Thank you. you. This was so fun. Okay. Wow. That was a lot to take in. 
That so was, how do you feel? Because, you know, mm -hmm. you were our letter reader today. So I did want to say, you know, I don't want to give too many personal details um, about the guy, but something very funny that Lauren said was, because he, I, I, I think he's getting his master's in psychology or he has it, I don't really give a fuck. And you said, where is he getting his psychology degree from? The University of Phoenix. But no, I just want to say, I mean, I think I was, I was very lucky that I got out of that like earlier than I have in the past. And I think I, it was nice because I think I took a day to be like, hey, that was shitty. And it made me feel shitty. I took that day. This is what Beyonce said she does. Or for, I don't know, maybe this is not what she does. This is what I've heard through the grapevine. She sets a time limit on what she, like, how upset she's going to be about something. And it's like, okay, I'm going to give myself this period to be upset about it, and then I'm not going to be anymore. And I think I took a day to be, you know, like, to say that was shitty. And now it's, like, it's feeling a lot better. And looking back on it, it's like, I don't know. I don't want to say I, I did no wrong in the situation, but clearly this guy has issues, and I think I dodged a bullet, so... That's so interesting. I feel like I need to try that sometime. Setting a time limit on how upset I am because you definitely do dwell on things and it's really good that you were able to not dwell on it. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Stay tuned for next week. We have an amazing episode for you then. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.